Hello everybody, welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Talk Podcast. And let's start today's episode off talking about the Bulls, who defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves last night, 134-122. to The offense in full force in this one. The Bulls scored a season-high 134 points in this one on the back of DeMar DeRozan, who put up 35. This is now DeRozan's fifth straight game with 30-plus points. He now becomes the second player in Bulls history to do that. Uh, Javante Green with 23 in this one. Vucevic with 26. Uh, Io with 14. Zach Levine, not a great night from him. Only 12 points. He shot 5 of 14 in this one. Uh, but still, he did look a little banged up. But uh, still, the offense got it going. They shot a season high, our season best, 63 from the field. Uh, then they had com- contributions from so many guys. Obviously, Green and then Kobe White off the bench with 22. So, uh, Bulls. They did what they they did what they had to do in this one. They also out rebounded Minnesota 43 to 32. Uh, they finished with 32 points as well in this or uh, 32 assists in this one. So uh, Bulls got it done at home against the Timberwolves. Now their second straight win. They now improve to 35 and 21 on the year. Minnesota now falls to 29 and 27 on the year. Bulls will be back in action tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder at the United Center at seven o'clock. Thunder coming into this one. 17 and 38 on the season currently sitting in second to last place in the uh, Western Conference at the moment Uh, previewing this game the Thunder don't score a lot of points they actually uh, sit pretty much dead last in almost every offensive category in the in the NBA when it comes to uh, three-point percentage field goal percentage as well as points per game Uh, they average the least amount in the NBA at just over uh, at just over 100 points per game so um Thunder, not really going to be an offensive threat. They do play pretty solid defense. They're not really a horribly, they're not a horrible defensive team. Uh, so I would expect them to you know, play some tight defense on the Bulls, but uh, not trying to jinx it, but the Bulls shouldn't have a lot of trouble in this one uh, getting over this OKC team. But that game going to be tonight at 7 at seven o'clock at the United Center. Uh, so hopefully Bulls pick up a win in that one. Now let's turn to the Blackhawks, who will be taking on the St. Louis Blues tonight in St. Louis at 7 o'clock. Blues coming into this one 26-14-5 on the year. Hawks coming into this one 17-23-7 and on the season. They're coming off of their victory on Wednesday over the Edmonton Oilers 4-1. Uh, Blues and Blackhawks are currently tied 1-1 in the season series at the moment. Uh, Oilers are uh, Hawks got the better of the Blues in the last outing when they won uh, 3-2 in overtime, but the Blues uh, on October 30th had the 1-0 victory. Hawks have played well against the Blues this season. Uh, they've been able to uh, you know, keep up with them. The Blues are a pretty quick team. Do put up a, They do have a pretty good offense, so uh, Hawks have been able to keep up with them well. They've been able to play some great defense against them, so uh, hopefully that we have the same thing tonight. Uh, Blues' big problem has been their goaltending this season. One-year wonder Jordan Binnington has been... Uh, uh, he's been he's been bad this season. He has not been very good at all. Um, so they've been relying on Vili Huso, who has had a really good season. The 27-year-old uh, in his 15 games or in his 15 games played has a 9.41 save percentage. So he's been doing his thing this season. I'd expect to see him in net tonight uh, for the Blues. So hopefully the Hawks are able to get to him early. You know, last time we they uh, played against the Oilers, they didn't really have to put up much of a fight because the Oilers' goaltending was pretty bad. Mike Smith had a really bad night. So Hawks going to have to do a lot in this one in order to uh, to break that brick wall the Blues have in net. But uh, hopefully they're going to be able to uh, pick up a victory in this one over St. Louis. 
this game at 7 o'clock in St. Louis. Hawks will then play on Monday uh, in Winnipeg. Uh, that, that, that one will be at 8 o'clock before they head back home uh, for a little bit of a, uh, a homestand here. So now let's turn to the Bears, who have now announced today that they have hired another coach in Carlos Polk to become the team's next assistant special teams coordinator. Uh, Polk, after he ended his career in the NFL, ended up going to uh, Grossmont Junior College, where he became the team's assistant special teams coordinator. Then he ended up working his way into the NFL with the Cowboys in 2013, uh, where he became an in- a, a coaching intern. Then he went to the Buccaneers from 2014 to 2018 as an assistant and special teams coach uh, and then he was end up he would end up back in Dallas on uh, 2019 as an assistant special teams coach before he ended up going to the Jaguars this past season uh, as an assistant special teams coordinator so Jacksonville uh, they rank 24th in terms of their total special teams so uh, not a horrible special team actually not great but uh, so should be a uh, should be a nice addition to the Matt Eberflus staff this is now the 17th coach that Matt Eberflus has added to his staff here so uh, uh, Bears figuring out their coordinators or their uh, head coaching or their uh, coaching roles here uh, now let's turn to the MLB and the Chicago White Sox, who announced uh, announced yesterday that they're going to be requiring the COVID-19 vaccine for all minor league players. So they're going to be uh, joining in with a couple other franchises, in particular the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros. Both announced that all of their minor leaguers were going to need the vaccine. Uh, also, minor leaguers will not be able to, or actually all players, will not be able to participate in spring training without being fully up to date on their vaccine. So um, now they will uh, be joining some other franchises here, and I'm sure there will be a lot more who are going to follow uh, follow behind them here. So uh, they will need proof of their uh, of their COVID vaccine or their COVID booster in order to get into spring training for the Sox. Uh, so this will um, they will not uh, grant any releases to the minor player to the uh, minor league players who will refuse to get the vaccine. So uh, there's been multiple other minor league organizations who are unvaccinated who have uh, come out and said that they do not require their teams to get vaccines so the Sox have not been one of those but I'm sure they will uh, receive some backlash in this one because there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of politics around the vaccine recently so um, uh, Sox hopefully don't uh, don't face too much backlash in this one but uh, um, they will be requiring all of their minor leaguers to uh, get to uh, get the vaccine or to compete in spring training and now I want to go over the Cubs. And I want to go over their uh, their potential middle infield here, and the uh, two guys who I think will be pivotal to this team's future uh, in Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal. So Horner was a former first round pick of the Cubs, currently 24 years old, uh, hasn't had a whole lot of playing time in his career. Um, he did play pretty well when he was given chances this season with the Cubs, uh, and about 149 at bats, he hit 302 uh, with a 382 OBP and a. OPS of 751. Didn't do a lot, but wasn't really given a whole lot of chances. Uh, but I think this is the big year we're going to see him really take over the shortstop role because Nick Madrigal, uh, recently acquired from the White Sox, should be in that second base role uh, full time there, uh, no barring any injuries. Then Madrigal, same thing with him, uh, was really given a big chance this season with the uh, with the White Sox. Was fully was uh, fully boosted into a uh, a starting second baseman role. Also a former uh, top pick. So you no, know, they're both coming from uh, from similar situations, both from California. Um, 
Madrigal sent into a uh, starting second baseman role with the Sox, got hurt, missed the rest of the season, and ended up being traded in the Craig Kimbrell deal, a move that is looking pretty bad for the Sox. And Madrigal, a big contact guy, uh, hit 340 in 2020, 305 in 2021 before his injury. Uh, Nicky Two Strikes is his name because he loves hitting with two strikes on him. He's a great two strike hitter. Um, he can also, no, he isn't really amazing defensively he can play solid defense i think he's still uh developing as a defender but um if he's able to develop a defensive side of his game, then there's no there's no doubt he could possibly become one of the best contact hitters in the in the MLB and one of the best all around players in the MLB. So uh, I think the Cubs got themselves two really good options here in the middle infield, and we'll also see a lot more other prospects uh, coming up the system soon. But uh, these are just the uh, the preview of the middle infield here for the Cubs as we uh, we go into the 2022 season. But that is going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and I will see you guys tomorrow.